It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, R-Dub3, Roy White, myself, and of course, my generous co-host, Mr. Tom Ryle of Blogging the Boys fame here on the Blogging the Boys Network. Shout out to my man, RJ Ochoa, for holding down the podcast one week ago. You guys did fantastic work, big fan, and uh, thank you guys for keeping it warm for me. RJ, salute to you, and now... uh, it's nice to be back, Tom. It's it's really nice to be back. It, yeah, it's nice to be back to decent weather too. My lord, that was just that was so wild. I was uh, remarking by the fact that we were at probably some of the coldest temperatures on record ever, ever. Eighteen ninety nine, with snow piled up, and four days later, it's springtime again. Remarkable. Yeah, I'm sitting here in shorts and a t-shirt wondering what the hell happened a week yeah. ago. It, here it's in like you, you can hardly, you know, if it weren't for the fact there's still some little piles of dirty snow piled up in parking lots, you could hardly believe it actually happened. Yeah. Of course, we're, I'm, you know, we're both lucky in that we didn't get slammed with the, the damage that so many people have. And my, my heart goes out to all those people. And I, I certainly hope the powers that be get their acts together and, and fix it. So that kind of crap never happens in the state of Texas again. No doubt about it. Well, everybody here at the blog and the boys network, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with those Texas families that are struggling. If you are listening to the podcast, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate you and we hope you're doing well out there and we definitely appreciate your support. Uh, Make sure you check out all the guys find work on blogging the boys, of course, btb.com you can check that out there and of course tom we are obviously going to get into the big news of the week right we check in weekly with our man dak prescott and see where things stand but before we started the show earlier today you actually texted me something that was a little interesting so i wanted you to elaborate on it the text simply was i want a minute to explain why tiger woods's accident relates to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Piece that together for me. Yeah. Well, you know, first off, let's just say, I'm so glad he survived that because that could easily have been a fatal accident. And we would have had a, that would have been similar to losing Kobe, you know, Um, nearly uh, a year apart. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, thank goodness he's alive it looks like he's going to get to, to, to go home and, and go back to his life with his family, which is all important. But I was, I was thinking about the fact that to the PGA, to, to golf, to, to the coverage and everything, Tiger Woods was very much the driver for their ratings the way the Cowboys are in, a, in admittedly a lesser way for the NFL, people tuned in to watch Tiger Woods that had no other connection to the game. There were there are a lot of people who would sit down and watch uh, the final round of a tournament when he was in the hunt that would not watch golf otherwise. Uh, there are people that will watch the Cowboys that don't really follow the team, but they just want to see what's going on with the Cowboys. That's why we had this fascination with uh, the Jerry Jones, the Dak Prescott, all the stuff that goes on with the team. Everybody's just weirdly interested in Dallas. They become this glamorous 
of franchises just draws eyeballs. And that's what Tiger Woods was because he was, I think it's, you know, pretty much a given that, that most people understand that he was the most dominant player for a long time, maybe the greatest to ever play the game, uh, especially when it was at his peak. And, you know, now the, not only has the PGA lost a tremendous talent because it seems highly doubtful he's ever going to play competitive golf. If anybody will prove us wrong, it could be him. But, you know, let's, let's face it. That's a severe injury. It's put back his, he was going to attempt to come, another comeback from his back surgery. Now with everything come together, it, it's likely he will never actually compete again. And the PGA has, is just like, they're trying to figure out what do we do now? They were actually very glad to have Tiger back and hopefully going to be back on the course, maybe getting to the, ready for the masters. Uh, now they've lost that again. And they probably don't have anything on the horizon to draw in the eyeballs to get the, the people that normally don't give a flip about golf that were tuning in for Tiger. And they probably won't see that for another eight to 10 years. And, the next best hope they have is named Charlie Woods, Tiger's son, <laughs> who looks to have inherited a tremendous amount of his father's talent, who now may have a full-time golf coach who, oh yeah, just happens to be the greatest player of all times. And he's 11 now. So when he gets up around 20, if he's, as good as he's showing the promise of being now, as we saw on the, uh, you know, the, the father son thing he and his father did where, where Charlie hit this beautiful layup for an Eagle, just an incredible shot for anyone to make much less than 11 year old kid. And when they showed the, the parallel photos that they just look alike when they're swinging the club, uh, he could be the next great hope and bring that, tiny little bit of diversity into the PGA that they so badly need, you know, because the reason their ratings are down is that there's just too many people out there that aren't that interested in a bunch of uh, fairly well-to-do white guys in funny colored pants out hitting a golf ball. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. They all do look fairly similar. And I'm glad you went the direction of comparing tiger to the Cowboys in terms of rating draws as opposed yeah. to going the direction of comparing Tiger's injury to that of Dak Prescott's, because that's what yeah. I was concerned that you might be going down towards. And I'm definitely glad we didn't go that route. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I look at it as Dak Prescott may be a source of inspiration to Tiger coming back from this. So hmm. like I said, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with him. I wish him all the best. I hope most importantly, he gets to enjoy his time being a father that was almost taken away from him and his, his children. Yeah. Well, no question about that. And uh, all of our prayers are with Tiger Woods and his family and very happy that he's doing well and at least uh, recovering. Uh, who knows if he'll ever play golf again, but it's something we will certainly be waiting for with bated breath. If he ever makes that announcement again, uh, you see that tweet letting him know that, that he's preparing. Um, it's going to be, it's you'll be able to hear the roars all over the country. 
mm-hmm. um, not just what you would normally hear on a Sunday as they're surrounding the, uh, the green watching him do his thing. So that's very cool. Uh, on the Cowboys side of things, though, you know, I, I don't think things are all that cool. Um, I do no. understand this week, Tom, that uh, the franchise tag opportunity has begun, right? This week was the first week that teams are able to franchise tag, although really this date does not matter. The important no. date that really matters is, of course, March 9th when yeah. they have to either have signed him to a long-term deal or signed him to a franchise tag. Now, I always take your temperature before we start the DAC conversation just to see if things have changed at all. The last time we talked two weeks ago, you still felt strongly that the Cowboys were going to get a long-term deal with Dak done. Where do you feel now two weeks out from deadline day? Maybe a little less confident, but I still think they really are working towards it. Uh, there was an article out today, and forgive me, uh, it was a form uh, Joel Curry, I think. Joel Corey the of the uh, of CBS Cor- Sports Corey. wrote a great article Thank about you. a potential contract offer yeah. for Dak Prescott that uh, we will discuss here in a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that's going to be a bitter pill, I think, for uh, Stephen and Jerry to swallow because. Um, you know, uh, he was saying that they're going to come out and say, nope, we want three years. That's the most we want. Uh, and they kind of have leverage. Uh, you know, these, can they really stand to, to go with the franchise tag? Because just kind of spitballing how they do it, um, you know, if it was the three-year deal that, that Corey laid out, they would be able to get his hit down to uh, around $21 million, I think, on the cap. Yeah, I think um, Joel had it at – real quickly to break that down. Joel had it at about 55% of what the franchise tag number would be. So, yes, $21 million this season. His concept was a three-year deal worth $124 million guaranteed, essentially, yeah. right, with – two voided years on the back end so that they could stretch out a $60 million signing bonus up front. So for those that aren't familiar with how signing bonuses work, the player gets a massive amount of money up front, right? As a guarantee. And then that money is spread equally out over the number of years of the contract. Now, if that were just a three-year deal, right? A $60 million signing bonus would be spread out 20 million per year. Mm -hmm. But if you add on two voided years, and the Cowboys have done this historically, both with Tyron Smith and uh, I, I think Jalen Smith, they might have done the same yeah. thing, or Zach Martin. I know one of those two players, they've done it with two different guys who are currently on the roster. Yeah. It's not inconceivable to think that they might do the same thing with Dak. And by doing so, as you mentioned, they would be able to get that obligation down to about $21 million, which would still be $4 million than they currently have available under the salary cap. Yeah. I had for, I had forgotten the voidable years, so yeah, yeah, they could get it down with the twelve million a little bit, so it gives them a little bit of room to work with. Um, but like, they've still got free agency to face. They need to sign some people, and you know, then they of course have to have some in their hip pocket uh, to sign the rookies that they draft and all the UD and you know, the 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 thing is that. That was called the top 51 rule that 
I can't remember what the deadline for that. I want to say January, the uh, July the 15th, but I'm not sure if I'm mixing that up with something else. But sometime this summer, up until then, they only have to have their top 51 contracts under the cap. And under that, uh, the, what they've currently got uh, signed to the roster uh, and the projected $180 million, uh, cap floor, which everybody feels like it's going to be pretty close to that, uh, from you know all the smart people out there that write about it, you know that means that right now they're just looking at 19 million. And if they if they sign, you know, if they don't get Dak done, then yeah, they have nothing to work with. So they've got to start working on finding more cap space, which it's there. There is plenty. I I went through again through the list. Uh, all right, now I help look- me out. Help me out on this because yes, for those that don't know, uh, bloggingtheboys.com, Tom put another great piece up and I encourage you to read all of his fine work there, but another great piece up. And this is where I think Tom, you doing a, a phenomenal job of actually like creating a new conversation, right? These are parts that people don't really think about, right? When it comes yeah. to what the Cowboys will actually have to do to get this done. So please elaborate to our audience yeah. kind of where you think the Cowboys might go to create that extra money. Yeah, and just to let everybody know, uh, the great resource for this is called Over the Cap, which does all the work for you. Um, you just Don't go tell them all that, Tom. You do all the work. Tom <laughs> Ryle does all the damn work. <laughs> they do the figures. They have the calculations, and they seem to be, you know, based on having gone to them for a few years now, they, they're pretty good. And they, they, they let you look at all the different variations. Uh, you know, for instance, the two things you can do to get more money out of uh, players' contracts, more cap space, which is, you know, you push it out to further years by either restructuring or extending contracts. There's actually a little bit more money uh, involved in extending, but I think restructuring is probably going to be the way they, they prefer to go with most of their stuff. And the big money is in their top seven contracts. Um that's a Demarcus Lawrence, and this is in descending order of what they can get, kind of more or less. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Amari Cooper, Zach Martin, uh, Tyron Smith, Ezekiel Elliott, Lael Collins, and Jalen Smith. So, if they restructured all of, and and again, uh, remember. When you restructure somebody's contract, the player isn't giving the team back anything. In essence, what they're doing is they're getting more guaranteed money because to restructure, they have to pay X amount to them as a bonus so that they can they'll split up that bonus just like you were talking about. Yeah, it's that same signing like, bonus concept we talked yeah. about at the beginning of a contract. It, it just comes instead of, you know, they'll take $10 million that's due this season they'll mm-hmm. convert it to a signing bonus now the cap number may be the base salary of two million but now that 10 million dollars is split over the next three years of the deal so even if he gets cut he is costing you three and a half million dollars against the cap in the next two seasons whereas he might not have been costing you anything on his current contract. yeah and the way it helps you this year especially is um Let's say you've got somebody that that's scheduled to make. You're talking people that are making bigger amounts. So somebody's scheduled to make twenty million dollars. Well, 
you can, what you do is you give that, and he's got three years left on his contract due to make 20 million this year. Um, you convert, uh, you, you give him, um, 18 million, 18 million in signing bonus base salary of 2 million, yeah. $6 million over the next three seasons. Right. And that's what he counts against you. The following you say you save 12 million that way. Yep. That kind of stuff. That's, that's one of the ways you do it. You know, going, you know, based on the figure that they go for the max and they can always do for less for some of these players, depending on how they want to do it, but they can get, uh, about 11.9 million off of DeMarcus Lawrence, 14.3 off of Amari Cooper, 7.4 off of Zach Martin. I figured those three, they're almost certainly going to go to. That's about $34 million, Tom. Yeah. So you're already, you've got enough to help you cover the DAC contract if you need it. And now you've got some money for free agency. Tyron Smith is worth $7.1 million if they, they restructure him. I think they may be a little cautious with him just to see how his health plays out. So they might want to kind of avoid doing him. Ezekiel Elliott, they can get 6.9 million. I think they'll do that one. If they need a little bit more, they can still go to Lael Collins and get almost 6 million from him. And then you come to Jalen Smith, which is just a tick under 5 million. And that one I'm really curious about. Because if they restructure his contract, that means they think he's got a future with the team. Please no. Yeah, that's why I think that's one that won't happen. And they probably won't need to do him. Uh, you know, they might need to go to Tyron. Uh, it depends on how much they want to spend in free agency, which they're usually fairly frugal. <laughs> so what they'll probably do is a couple of the bigger ones right up front and then wait and see what else they might need to do because they don't have to do this right away. They don't have to get under that uh, figure for the top 51 until I believe it's the 15th. I think it's uh, the following week after they can, they have the franchise tag deadline. And that's one of the little quirks is they can drop the franchise tag on, on Dak Prescott and not have done any of these because they don't have to yet. Right now, it doesn't matter who you've got under contract, which is obvious because you've got like the New Orleans Saints are like $60 million in the hole. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But we can yeah. agree that we can agree, though, that it's not a great thing for them to go into the free agency period mm-hmm. and be up against it in the sense yes. that Dak is only on a, at the time, franchise tag for $37.6 million versus a potential long-term deal, which would be able to at least allow you to maneuver in free agency. It feels like if they drag their feet on it, then essentially they're free agent. They're, they're basically punting on free agency. Am I wrong in that assessment? No, uh, it really is going to hamstring it and mean that they're going to just try to sign the bare minimum of what's new. Yeah. What's left over free agents. You know, they're not going to be able to get any quality. Um, which is, you know, last year, we thought they'd done some really wise shopping that kind of fell apart, but they signed Andy Dalton. You know, he worked out. They, they signed Greg Zerline. I think they're going to keep him. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, now that's not the only place they have that they can look to get some money. Uh, they can release a couple of players. Uh, one guy you know, one that people talk about a lot, and I mentioned this, is, you know, maybe they are going to give up on Jalen Smith. They release him, and they pick up uh, – I can't remember quite how much it gets for him, but they pick up several million dollars in cap space with him. They incur dead money, yes, but as long as you're gaining on your cap space, well, then it's it's good. I don't think that is completely off the table. I don't think they want to, but I don't know. Uh, I don't really, of course, we have no way of knowing what the real internal conversations are about him and whether they really feel like this was the situation, this was the problems with the defensive tackles ahead of him, or it was the scheme or what, you know, or it was, you know, you know, just blame Mike Nolan for it all. Um, so we have to see what could happen. They could do him. One guy I think we're going to see released, and I don't think it's going to be a very long is going to be punter Chris Jones. Um, he represents $2 million in cap space. If you cut him, that's offset. It it actually winds up being a net gain of a little over a million because somebody else has to bubble up to take his place. But right now, the way it is, the people that are bubbling up are worth about, I think most of them are on a minimum contract of about $780 million. Or seven, excuse me, $700,000. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you get to talking about millions all the time. Yeah. It sticks on your tongue. Uh, but he, I, I just don't see them not deciding to, to, to go forward with Hunter Nisswander. He just 
he came in and did a, a beautiful job. And he's younger, way cheaper. And you don't really need to have two punters on your roster at this point. Well, let's be honest. The position isn't like, and we can have an argument about like, oh, great. The best punters in the league, their net punting, you, you know, average is like 45 yards. Okay. The worst punters in the league, their net average is like 43. Yeah. So let's not, let's not overthink the room. Right. Uh, sure. It would be nice to have the punter right back there. Uh, the, the best of the best, right. Maybe you can kick it 50 yards every time, but in all likelihood, it's not making that big of a difference for, for this football team. Right. And, and in fact, for me, I'd, I'd rather spend another million dollars on depth at the linebacker position, yeah. uh, at the defensive tackle position. I think that over the long haul of a season would be money much better spent. Yeah. And Chris Jones has kind of had, I don't know if it was injury uh, issues or just a little decline in his ability, but he wasn't as consistent over the past couple of seasons. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think we're going to see that one coming. Uh, you know, I could be wrong, but that's, you know, one prediction I feel like is likely to come true. Uh, a lot of mine don't, but I think that one's got a good chance of coming around. So, Well, the other big news in the NFL that I think can play a little bit of a part in regards to this Dak Prescott conversation, right, is the fact that the NFL is starting to put the parameters together to discuss with networks about what their new TV deals might look like. And in fact, leaks are starting to come out about what they might be asking for. The original projections were that they were going to a lot of these networks, Amazon, Disney Plus, basically anybody that's got a streaming service in today's game. And the bidding was going to start at about $2.5 million. When, well, an article came out earlier this week. I don't know if you, you mean saw it, Tom. 2.5 million or billion? Did I say million? I mean billion with a yeah. B. Uh, billion with a B, 2.5 to start. Well, an article came out this week that the NFL actually took a $3.9 billion deal to Disney Plus that Disney turned down, but the prevailing theory is that they will probably wind up somewhere around the $3.5 billion range. Yeah. And if they do, we are talking about almost a 40, we are talking about a 40% increase from where people were even projecting them to be. And if yeah. that is the case, and if Dak Prescott and Todd France are reading that information, then there is absolutely no reason why they would want to cave to Jerry Jones, to Stephen Jones, and their demands that Dak sign a longer-term deal. Um, yeah. It also kind of blows some of the arguments that the Joneses are raising about why they can't can't pay that much because yeah. all of a sudden you're saying, well, uh, they're they're locked in on this percentage of the cap you're paying to one player, to one position, to the quarterback, you know, which if they're getting that kind of money coming in, that becomes totally irrelevant, even if they top the 40 million a year mark with Dak when that money hits who cares you know because the next quarterback to get a deal is going to just go shooting way up past him so yeah I to me when I see those kind of figures floating around yeah I can see France digging his heels in and trying to get as much as he can 
on as favorable terms as possible for Dak. But I also see there's just more reason for the Joneses to bite the bullet and pony up the money and, and just get this over with. Because I just don't think that kind of drama helps the team at all. And everyone knows that they need to have Dak going. For, well, I shouldn't say that. There's still all kinds of people who will gladly jump up and argue that, oh, let's just go out and get his replacement. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, like, Where? I guess you go out to the, the hell backyard, you be a quarterback it? tree and pluck one off, right? <laughs> Bingo. There were These were the same idiots, Tom, that were telling us a season ago when they signed Andy Dalton that Andy Dalton could be just as good as Dak Prescott. And that was actually being said on DFW radio here in Dallas about Dak Prescott last off season. Embarrassing from the people that put that out there. And they should be embarrassed after Dak Prescott threw for almost 320 yards as the Cowboys quarterback this season. Sorry, 320 yards and has led the league since 2019 amongst all quarterbacks this season threw for over 400 yards per game and his backups threw for about 210. And that includes Andy Dalton. So uh, put that, put that shit aside, put the dumb shit aside. Okay. And I apologize for swearing on the podcast, but thankfully we're not under FCC guidelines there. Uh, (laughs) Put the dumb shit aside. The, The only thing, and I, I still feel it is the most powerful thing. It's the reason that I feel the Cowboys will wind up just franchise tagging him because the only thing that hinders this deal from getting done is Jerry and Steven's aversion to looking like they got bent over a barrel. And everything Jerry has said, including his interview at the end of the season on 105.3 The Fan, in which he said he can't imagine a situation where a player could have more leverage than what Dak Prescott has Mm -hmm. going into this year. Well, Todd France heard that. Dak Prescott heard that. And are you telling me that Jerry Jones is really going to sit across the the table with a straight face in that negotiating room after saying those words and having them played back to him He's going to be able to stand there and say, yeah, but I only want to give you $38 million a year. No. Yeah. The, o- and- the only way this deal gets done is if the Cowboys, as an organization, concede on every single negotiating front of this deal. Length of the deal, money on the deal, guaranteed money on the deal, right? Yeah. All of those things, the Cowboys, as an organization, are going to have to concede – and again, the part that I think is the biggest deterrent to that is the pride that exists within the Jones family. Not, there, not the money, not the practicality. It's the freaking pride. Yeah, and, and Jerry Jones is just going to have to realize he's the chicken and Todd Francis the owl. Yeah. And that's what they're going to have to, you know, he's just going to have to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. And if you, for those that don't have any idea what that reference is, you need to look it up. No, well, I, you just took me back to my third grade biology class where we got to dissect an owl pellet, and I'm fully expecting to see a little Jerry Jones uh, tibula or fi, you know tib, tibia or fibula in there yeah. uh, as I'm picking that owl pellet yeah. apart. Because you're yeah. right, Todd France should, by all means, be eating the Jones boys' lunch. And quite frankly, oh, you you Jerry don't and know. Steven served it up. 
You don't know the reference. You missed it on the on Twitter today. No, I did not see that today. What do you mean? Yeah, was, uh, I, I can't relate it exactly without pulling it up. But basically, <laughs> Jerry was going on about talking about how ridiculous the situation is, and he said, "You know, it's just like back on the farm when the wind would blow funny in spring, and all of a sudden the owls would be effing the chickens." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, in that case, then Todd France will definitely be the owl, uh, yes. and the Joneses will definitely be the chickens. Uh, the question is, will they be willing to take it? Will they be willing to swallow their pride and accept the fact that they are beat? Yeah, and they if, are beat, if... and they do not have a play outside of locking up their franchise quarterback. Yeah, do you want to do you want to save your pride or do you want to win football games? And do you want to risk the fact that just imagine you franchise Dak, Kellen Moore, Cooks, the offense goes on an absolute tear. The defense is basically just good enough to keep them from, you know, getting having any problem with with other high-powered offenses the cowboys get deep into the playoffs and then after the second franchise tag that's just like nope yeah peace peace and and no one would blame him if he does play this season on a franchise tag now again i i think they will sign the franchise tag by the deadline on march 9th at that point, I still see a possibility of a long-term deal get done. I just think it gets more difficult from that standpoint because sides get dug in, feelings get hurt, and quite frankly, things will be said between now and then that could further affect that situation yeah, in a negative I, way. Yeah, it's, if, if, if I were the Joneses, which fairly obviously I'm not because I'm not sitting on some yacht with a helipad, but – if I were them, uh, my deadline would be the, the 15th when you have to have hit that 51. That's when you kind of start locking stuff in because if they can get a long-term deal signed by then, then they can have their money for free agency. And yeah, just, that's the point where I just say like, look, We'll have to do this again in a couple of years if they go with the three-year deal that Corey is saying they should be demanding. Uh, but that's just what we have to do. That's the price of doing business in the NFL. It's you know not like they're going to be hurting for money personally because, I mean, Jerry Jones made like a bazillion dollars off to the natural gas spot market. Yeah, you know, because of the company he owns, which, by the way, a lot of people were trying to somehow blame him for that. And that was just a matter of he held an investment that happened to have this incredible windfall profit. So I don't blame him for that. It's just he's richer now than he was before that. And he was already so ridiculously rich. They just need to start saying, okay, just what will win us the most football games? And I think they admit they know that what will win them the most football games is signing Dak Prescott. So sign Dak Prescott. It's a <laughs> fairly simple equation. 
Well, here we are, Tom. Uh, three years in a row now, Dak Prescott has become the biggest story of the NFL offseason. And, of course, we here at the blogging, at blogging the Boys will continue to cover it like no one else. And I can promise you no one will be quicker with the information and the news and everything you need to know about the Dak Prescott situation than us here at Blogging the Boys. So we will continue and- to stay on it. And don't forget our free agency and draft coverage because we actually, uh, with the, the the great thing about the NFL is that the offseason has its own storylines and excitement that aren't like much of anything else. Uh, you know, there's the NBA trade stuff that goes on, which is just absurd, mm-hmm. but even that doesn't get nearly the attention that, that happens in the NFL. And we've just got a lot going on. Uh, it's all going to start heating up. So we've got a lot of things that we're going to try to keep up to speed on. And, and it's always fun. Well, we will always have an excuse to get riled up on this podcast <laughs> with my man, Tom Ryle. I'm Roy White. Follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. Follow me at RW3. And of course, Follow all the content at Blogging the Boys and on the bloggingtheboys.com website. We certainly appreciate all your support on that front. So for Tom, I'm Roy. Another episode of Riled Up on the Cowboys in the books. We'll continue to talk Dak Prescott, get you updated on all those free agents as they become available. And Tom, I think you and I will preview that free agency market and cross our fingers that the Cowboys will actually do some spending in that regard, assuming they make some cap space for themselves. And so they've got some work to be done over the next couple of weeks. Of course, Tom will keep you updated on what those moves might be. He already has an article up to uh, preview what's going on in that regard. But for Tom, I'm Roy. This is Riled Up on the Cowboys. We will see you next Thursday. We out.